As parents of autistic kids, their beautiful brains amaze us every day. But this show is about our mental wellness. Hi, I'm Shanee. And I'm Autumn. Together, we tackle the hard truths about parenting autism and how sometimes it can feel like we're drowning. In a puddle of our own tears. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to let you know we see you. We hear you. And And you you can can thrive underwater. The Thrive Underwater podcast is not a replacement for therapy, diagnosis, or treatment. If you are having a mental health emergency, please contact 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out to a local provider in your area. Hey there, parents. Just wanted to let you know that we do use spicy language, so you might want to prepare ahead. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Hey, so just so you know, everybody, we are building our community and you will find us on our website. Uh, On our website, we also have a Patreon if you'd like to support the work that we're doing. We also are on, well, you can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Amazon. Uh, You can review us on Apple and Spotify, which would be so fantastic. Um, And I just want to say we're also on all social media platform. Well, I don't know about all, but Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We have a Facebook group, which is Thrive Underwater Community, where we post We try to post daily um, and we have a lot of fun in there for the few members that we have. And we have a great time. We laugh a lot and um, we have a Facebook page and we have an Instagram page and we are Thrive Underwater across all the platforms. We are working on a YouTube channel where we will start broadcasting these podcasts also on video for those of you that like to watch as well as listen. Hey there, happy 2022, everyone, and welcome to season two. Oh my God, season two of Thrive Underwater. It's so amazing. And yes, we know it's February, but I know I was going to say the first yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> happy New Year from the podcast, right? Um, right. So, tis the season of resolutions. Uh, and I guess it's a really good time to check in because February is sort of like when they start to, you know, when our collective failures start to show up. <laughs> but we're going to really address what's going on here in this episode with uh, resolutions and goals and things like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm right there with everybody else. Actually, I do know at least one person who actually. It like does this for a whole year, mm-hmm. you know, but most of us have a hard time keeping our resolutions. Yeah. I mean, it's hard if, especially if you're a parent of an autistic child or any child that has extra needs where you just are needing to give them more attention than um, you even expected or that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, we have a hard time uh, attaining simple goals like self-care any time of the year, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, you know, when the new year comes around, there's a collective sense, at least in America, um, of this new beginnings. Mm -hmm. It's like this magic happens and we live in a delusion. (laughs) I'm going to say delusion Uh that our lives will change on a dime. Right. And it. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't. (laughs) No. But, you know, there's historical and cultural reasons that we believe in the New Year fairy. Mm, Okay. So I know you talk a lot about our genetic heritage and how that affects our brains. 
And so I was thinking about this new year and how how we believe this fairy is going to come down. And I thought, you know, I wonder if historically there's something here. Mm -hmm. So I got on Google and what I found out is, yeah, there is. And the New Year's Year's Eve resolution idea is thousands of years old. And it started with the Babylonians and like with most of our rituals, it was centered around religion. And then it mutated, of course, into the variations until we have it today. But the premise has been the same. Look back at your failures. Look forward with new plans for the future. That sounds so easy, right? Oh, so easy. I'm not even sure why we're even talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so interesting about the history of that. You know, but but seriously, okay. so we start out with this power to conquer it all. And Mm -hmm. then it kind of fizzles out like around, you know, this time of year. And January 17th is the national I give up on my resolutions day. Well, I mean, today is February 9th. So you could, you know, any any time in between. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're recording on February 9th. I'm not sure when we're going to release. But yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that area. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So but I'm not sure about everyone else, but when. I made resolutions. Uh, it was all out, like mind maps, visual boards, like Superwoman on steroids, these big dreams that, you know, uh, this is the person that I'm going to be. Mm. And then when it didn't happen, I mean, maybe not even overnight, within like a week or two, just the work from trying mm. to be this person was exhausting. And I quit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our culture doesn't really like anything except for like, I want to be gratified right now. You yeah. know, that delayed gratification for us is we don't have that. We don't right. have that skill as a nation. Yeah. <laughs> all right. True, true. We want it all right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, for me, I don't know that I ever like sat down on January 1st or decided, well, this is what I'm going to do on this day for the whole rest of the year, whatever. You know, I sort of have this sense of any given time, what I'd like to be working on, what I want more of, but it was sort of nebulous. And um, um, I, I kind of loosely attached to it. Part of it, I think that's maybe healthy. So I don't get too down on myself if I don't achieve things, but I do think that some of it comes from fear. Like, well, I'm not going to say that this is the goal. So in case I don't get there, well, it never really was a goal anyway. So there you go. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's, I don't know that that's healthy, but yeah, I, I see how that would be beneficial. Right. No, that part is, is not. I mean, I think, yeah. I think that that can keep you like stuck, like not moving toward anything. So you no, said no. that and yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, damn, that's a good idea. Why don't I do that? <laughs> so no, don't do that. No. So, <laughs> but you know, the truth of the matter is, is that we have a million reasons why we quit or excuses, whatever you want to call them. I, I like to call them reasons because it seems like that's, uh, it's easier to, it's like more of a blame thing, but we have a lot of reasons why we quit. We do. And it's, it's a self-preservation type thing. I think that's mm. what I was just talking about. It's sort yeah. of like, oh, if I didn't really commit, then, you know, no harm done. Yeah. But, um, so if we can give ourselves a good reason or excuse, uh, the issue really lies outside of ourselves. Um, you know, but parenting autistic kids, we really do have a good excuse. And I'm not 
blaming them. Please hear that. I'm not blaming no. our children, mm-hmm. but yes, I mean, in a little bit of a sense, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, Lord. Look, we're going to laugh. At it. I mean, I'm sorry, but we have to laugh at our life, right? I mean, we have to. That's oh, how we, I know. That's how I, I know. get through. And, anyway. And no, it's yeah. not their fault, but it's just oh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, 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 and yeah. it's okay. We don't mind it anyway. So, yeah. but what really is going on is, is what's going on inside. And it has to do with our brain, our neurology. And would you say that that's a fair statement? Yeah. I mean, I think partly for sure, we have to look at that, right? So yeah. it's... um in order to help ourselves out, it's important to also know why and how we can keep ourselves um, like reaching some of those goals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So as far as goals go, we were curious about the top resolutions for the last few years. So back to Google, we went. Yeah. So uh, health comes in at number one. That So that's not a surprise, right? That includes uh, mental, physical, emotional um, health. Uh, so, so things like eating healthier, exercise, water intake, meditation practice, and on and on and on. Yeah. Yep. And that's been on my list before, like every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's money goals and that includes spending and saving and debt reductions and things like that. Yep. Then travel and relationship goals, spending time with family, strengthening friendships and relationships and going on vacations. Yep. And then there's the career hobby goals, which is developing new skills or changing jobs or moving up in your current job. And last is breaking or building habits. This is uh, organization of life or time management, quitting drinking, smoking, social media, like I guess reducing social media, right? Yeah. Use yeah. Or are some some people even want to quit? Like they're like right. done. Yeah. Too, too much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, like I said, it all it, all of these have been on my resolution list at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I did want to tell you, Shani, that I did have resolution at the beginning of the year and I broke my resolution on day two. My resolution was to not have resolutions. Oh my God. (laughs) And then on day two, I made resolutions. That crazy. All right. Anyway. So yeah, at some point, all of, all of those items have been on my resolution list. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm like most everybody else too, you know, right. You feel like you can't really accomplish those goals or to the degree that you think you should or want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in this episode, we're diving straight into the reasons why we don't accomplish our resolutions and how this relates to us as parents of autistic children. Right. And also, uh, we also want to give you ways to um, help keep them. So that's important mm-hmm. too. So stick around so you can mm-hmm. you know hear that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's our rundown of our top five reasons why we don't keep our resolutions and therefore our shit together. <laughs> so setting expectations too high. Yep. Uh, confidence, interruptions, mental load, and motivation. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, are you ready to dive in? Yep. Okay, let's do it. All right, got my pen, paper, some time alone. 
<sighs> Time to write down all my resolutions. Number one. Hey, 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 what's going on? What? Wait, what? Anyone there? Of course not, silly. It's me, your inner voice. You know, your self-talk. My friends up here in your brain, you know, joy and sadness and anger and disgust and fear. Well, not to brag, but they all love me. So they nicknamed me STD. You know, self-talk dialogue. Ain't that cool? Oh, uh, pretty sure that wasn't meant as a term of endearment. Anyway, what are you doing here? Well, you're writing your resolutions. You're not going to do that without me. Oh, no thanks. I'm, I'm good. Look... I'm here. I'm helping. So the first thing we need to do is go back to the archive and get out all your old resolutions and it'll be a great place to start. No! Why would we do that? I'll just be reminded of all my failures. Wait, what'd you say? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I was in the archive. Hang on a second. Good Lord. These things are dusty. He had pulled these down in at least a year. Am I right? Great. This is just great. Why did you have to show up and rain on my parade? Seriously? Settle down. There's some good stuff here, really. Let's get this year started with a bang, shall we? Oh, I wish you would just go away. Oh my. Okay. So the first reason or excuse for not keeping resolutions is setting our expectations too high. Way too high. Mm -hmm. Listen, okay. So let's say I set a resolution to run the Boston Marathon this year. It's not going to happen. Okay. Especially because you need to qualify with time. Hello. So for me personally, that's way too out of reach. I mean, I haven't even been running for the last 10 years (laughs) plus, whatever. Uh, It might be for somebody else. It might be within reach for somebody else, but for me, I don't run. So this goal is way too high. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but setting goals in general, it's a good thing, but the but when the goals are so far out of reason and so far out of reach, it kills our mojo really quickly in the process. Yeah, yeah. Well, what can happen is so you know what happens in the brain, right? Psychologically, mm-hmm. is that we get this outburst uh, or an outset burst of dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. We have this. Oh my God, this uh, this is going to be amazing! I'm going to do yeah. it, and we get this this uh, burst of dopamine, which motivates us to get moving. This mm-hmm. is what the dopamine is actually what gets us moving off the couch. Um, So when you imagine the goal, that's what's happening. And that's why it feels like, yeah, it's exciting. I'm going to do it. It feels good. Um, But what then happens is if it's so unattainable, right, it can actually leaving you, it can end up leaving you even more defeated and depressed because it just wasn't possible to obtain it anyway. Right. So like if I am you know, the first week of running to reach the Boston marathon and my time is terrible and I feel horrible and I can't even make it a mile. That's, that's going to depress me so much more than Mm. if I was just like, maybe my goal could be a mile, right? I haven't run. I haven't run in 10 years. Maybe the goal is one mile. 
that yeah. would be more realistic for me mm-hmm. anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now sometimes what can happen is if our perceived reward, right, whatever we think of as like the end result feels like it's being taken away, we can actually feel like our dopamine dips down even below baseline. So it can feel worse. Like that dip can actually feel worse than when we before we even started. So you might as well just not even set the goal. Oh, you just, yeah. just stay right. at status quo. Right. Well, I mean, well, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, those dopamine hits, whoo, they are so sweet, aren't they? That, well, that right. possibility. It's just yes. like honey on the tongue. Right. Right. Also, so this is where we get to our tool section, right? Where we, where we can still use that. That's the dopamine is there to be used. It's it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, But let's look at how do we reevaluate the goal to make it more realistic. Right. So we were, you know, so basically the idea is to just go past your ability right? Not making it not too easy and not too hard. So if we're taking the, and I don't know why I picked the Boston marathon, y'all, that's not even in my like goals or dreams forever. Like I can't, Never. I don't know, but I, don't, whatever. I have that, that. That's not even uh, yeah. close to anything. Sure. That I even uh, I imagine running the Boston marathon <laughs> and that whatever the opposite of the dopamine hit is, is what happens to me. <laughs> I'm like, right. no, no, yeah. no way. Oh God. So anyway, but let's just go with it because sometimes I guess for a lot of people using fitness goals, is like a, a kind of something they can imagine. Right. Or yeah, something like yeah, that. It's like, yeah. you're it's like a whole body experience. But anyway, yeah. so, so if we're doing, if we're doing that, what I would do is make the goal. Okay. Let's do like a 5k, right? Yeah. But I would, I would break it down into making it. So something that would be too easy would be like walking for 10 minutes. Uh, that's not going to be hard enough for me at this point. Like I'm at the level of where I can walk for 10 minutes. It's not going to stress me out or be too difficult. So you want to make it a little bit more difficult, like maybe running the mile, right? Yeah. But not saying like, I'm going to run a 5k on the first day that I'm heading out. Mm -mm, That's Mm -hmm. too hard. Mm -hmm. Right. Along the way, you want to assess whether you're, um, doing it. Right. So that's where, where this, this assessment piece comes in. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like you give yourself benchmarks and you see like, have I been able to do this? Right. So like, mm-hmm. if you're getting up and doing it every day, then you want to give yourself this cognitive reward, which is another tool, which basically means, I mean, it's, it's not as complicated as it sounds. It's like, okay, I did this for five days in a row or, or even if it was like, let's say you want to do it three days in a uh, three, you know, days a week or something like that. And you do it you want to look at it, look back and go, Hey, I did it. Okay, great. I think that it's important to realize that, um, there are scientific reasons why this works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not just that you're winning or you're losing, but when you hit those little small goals daily, or a weekly, if you, if you, if you don't have a goal that's so unattainable, and you have daily or weekly goals that you can reach up and grab. Mm-hmm. It yeah, it does something to you physiological on a physiological level yeah. that that helps you get to those goals. Right, right. And I think that's well, important. Yeah, yeah. Well, so like at this point, we all know that. I mean, there's there's so much research about how good it is for us to you know move our body 
to exercise, yes. uh, or, you know, if you don't want, if you don't like to think of, of it as exercise, that's fine. I know some people sure. don't like that word Move, moving your body yeah. and it can be in joyful ways. Like we know that is good for our mental health. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like for me, I'm very gentle with myself about that because I've had a past of not so healthy relationships with exercise. Mm-hmm. I'm really gentle with myself. So it's like, if I can do 20 minutes, five times a week, and I now I say I give myself a range three to five times a week of 20 minutes, like cycling or something like that. I'm doing good. I'm mm. you know that I'm moving toward my goal of moving my body for my mental health. Yes. And that, that's my goal. That's my yeah. goal at this point. OK, so, you mm-hmm. know, it can change also sure. as we get more uh, as we move more toward uh, mastery of a goal. Right. And things start to get easier. We can add more goals. See how that works? Like we can feel like, oh, yeah, I'm doing good on this. Let me see if I can stretch it a little. Yeah. Go to the next thing. Yeah. So, well, and and we're you know we're 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 breaking these things down into daily manageable tasks, and I think that that's the key here is that we say you know we're not going to run the Boston Marathon this year, but you know I'm going to go out and and one of my little running tricks um, is I'm going to run from this mailbox to this mailbox. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, just like it's good. it's like itty bitty little goals. I can run from this mailbox to this mailbox. Hang Mm -hmm. on one second. Hey, Steve. Please wait while Autumn yells at her husband to be quiet while she's recording Thrive Underwater, even though he's cleaning the house. (laughs) So, but yeah, so, um, you know, the, the whole running from one mailbox to the next mailbox, that is so doable. Sometimes getting sometimes getting my ass out the door with tennis shoes on is like the goal. So what I, my mom taught me this years ago, and it's really brilliant. And so I call it my little name for it is mom's rule of five. I never walked in my mother's office when she worked that her office wasn't immaculate. Mm-hmm. Immaculate. There was a couple times I walked in there and her office wasn't immaculate. And it was simply because she was working on a task. Uh-huh. And so I asked her one day, how, how do you do this? Because she got a lot accomplished. It wasn't like she was just sitting on her mm-hmm. laurels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was busting it. And so I was like, how are you doing this? She's like, oh, it's my five things list. I was like, okay. What's that? (laughs) It's your five things list. Tell us, tell us. (laughs) Her five, what she does or did, and I I don't know, she doesn't really do it as much now because she's retired, but she has five things she puts on the list that she wants to accomplish in a day. Mm -hmm. And she does it by priority. So the number one thing is that's the one thing that she wants, the first thing. <clears throat> so it's one, two, three, four, five. Whatever she doesn't get accomplished on that five things list, she moves it to the top of the five things list for the next day. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's how she was able to keep her office clean. Now she had other, she had all kinds of systems in place that were absolutely brilliant. I would love mm. if she wrote a book because it was brilliant and it mm. was her own way, you know. Yeah. She figured out, okay, this is how I work. Well, there is research that shows for some people having like a a real uncluttered, very neat uh, area helps them be more productive. So yeah, that's not me. Yeah, that's not me. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, there and and it's not for everybody. I mean, there no. are some brilliant minds that their offices look like a complete, you know, nightmare. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so, we're gonna go with. I have a brilliant mind. We're gonna go yeah, with that one. Totally, absolutely, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's her five things list. So we talked about setting a, re- a reachable goal. Yeah. We yeah. talked about my mom's rule of five. So right. we got one more tool in this section. Yes. Yep. Visualization. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so, yep. yeah. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, research, all kinds of stuff done about visualizing visualizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, athletes use this to see themselves doing, you know, doing well at their game or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, perform- performers use this. Um, but here's the thing. Um, there can be a way to do that that is scientifically shown uh, to really work for you, um, I guess in the right way, quote unquote, right way to get you closer to your goals. So that would be where you visualize not actually doing the thing that you want to do, right? Yeah. Visualize yourself failing at achieving your goal. Mm -hmm. And and not only that, visualizing how you will feel if you didn't achieve the goal if you didn't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say my habit of trying to get the 20 minute exercise. And by the way, this has worked. Let me tell you, I've been doing it. I visualize myself like when I have a moment of like, "Eh, I don't feel like it. I'll think, how will I feel if I don't do it? Mm. What would that be like? Mm -hmm. How will I feel about myself? How will I, you know, would that that affect my mental health, my body? How will I feel? Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness, it's working. It gets me to do it. I think we yeah. when we were writing this i was like and you told me about that i was like no that's not gonna work i don't know what you're <laughs> talking about and so i was like okay you know she said it'll work i'll try it and i started doing this it it freaking works isn't that crazy okay so i think that the gist of it is that the brain wants to avoid pain yes so because we want to avoid pain we're imagining this you know quote-unquote painful outcome right yeah. so it it kind of makes us do the thing now you can hear more about this and we're going to suggest uh, uh um if you want to do a deeper dive into a lot of these neuroscience topics to listen to the huberman lab podcast and yes. this one specifically is episode 55 the science of setting and achieving goals listen it that he his podcast if you are a um personal growth mental health nerd and you yeah. love thinking about all of those kinds of things his podcast is fabulous is is scientifically based and i yeah crack on yeah. I, I, I crack a lack on it so. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I will say is that I'm going to just give a disclaimer. Some of the episodes do involve talking a lot about diets and mm. food. And I would say if anybody out there struggles with uh, disordered eating or body image issues, I would not listen to those episodes. I work in eating disorder with eating disorders. I have my own history. So I do find them that they potentially could be triggering to those of us who've had that history or are going through any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's sometimes what happens is there, whenever we hear the word scientifically proven, we start to take this like all or nothing approach. Oh my goodness, I have to follow this mm-hmm. and it will work for me. And I just want to, you know, caution people, d- just don't listen, you know, don't even listen to those ones. <laughs> the yeah. other ones are fantastic. Love yes. them. Yes. But, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, what's our next thing that we're going to talk about today? Okay. 
confidence? So confidence, you know, over the years, I've broken these promises that I've made to myself. I've already told you that this year I broke my resolution on day two. So Mm. yeah, you know, confidence is a big deal. You got to believe you can do it. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel the same way about social media, like actually posting on social media, not avoiding it. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of, we use social media for the, you know, this project and I use it Mm -hmm. in my work and, um, you know, it's like, ah, I want to do the things I'm going to do it. I'm going to post these things. And then it's like, you know, sometimes it's about like not having the skill set or the competence to to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, so we kind of want to look at, again, this is about setting the goals too high. Right. I mean, if I'm, if we're, you know, it, it may be that the, it tests your competence. It's not anything about you necessarily, right? Like I may just not have the skill yet to post the thing in the way that I want to do that. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for failure when you don't have the skills or right. you haven't reached certain goals. Yeah. Right. And absolutely. so it, it, in a way it can set you up to think like it's a character flaw. Like, well, I'm just mm. lazy. I'm just lazy that I'm not oh, getting out there and doing the thing rather God. than like, <laughs> it may be an issue of like, I haven't really mastered how to use Canva or, you know, some other, that's like a tool for social mm-hmm. media stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it may be just a thing about building up your con- competence to build up your confidence. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the tools that I love, and we've talked about before on this mm-hmm. podcast is self-compassion, yeah. right? Absolutely. Really acknowledging that learning a skill is hard, right? And then there's nothing wrong with you. It's about learning it. Also, another component of self-compassion is to recognize that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Other people happens. This happens to other people too. You're not abnormal because you're feeling this way. Um, And that it's not about your character and that it's about giving yourself some nurturing words. I know that sounds cheesy, but, you know, it's like, it's okay. It's, this is, you know, I'm with you. I've got you. This isn't about you. Yeah. And this is hard. And giving yourself some space to be okay with learning. Just be okay with learning. That's all. And that's easier said than done. Absolutely. Well, as yeah. for any of the perfectionists in the room, it's like, uh, and I'm, you know, again, <laughs> pointing to myself to my hand well, is raised. Well, recovering, I would say recovering perfectionist, um, you know, but uh, guess what? You only need to get it right 85% of the time. I mean, scientifically, scientifically, you yeah. really only need to get it right 85% of the time. Um, mm. But I, I don't know. Let's, let's say it's great to do it 50% of the time. Like, hey, that's more than when you started. Right. 50 percent. Yeah. And I think that's important that, you know, you you view your failures. And and God, I've heard this so many times and I just sometimes want to slap people when they say this. But I'm going to say it because you can't slap me because this is a podcast. and You can't (laughs) reach me and don't slap me if you see me in public. I wouldn't do that to you anyway. If you change your mindset about failing and you look at it and you say, Okay, that didn't work that time. So I learned don't put your hand on the hot stove because it will burn you. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. your hand's going to still be burned and you still have your body still has to heal from that. Right. But the next time, guess what? Yeah. 
Right. You're going to be right. careful. You're going to, you've learned, don't do this, mm-hmm. do this. Maybe well, you learn how oven mat. You right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I learn how far away from the stove is safe to not yes. get burned. You know, it's like, exactly. It's ex- exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Don't hate me, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. I don't hate you. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next topic. Interruptions. Number one, exercise. Wait, what's that sound? I'm um, just popping some popcorn. This is going to be good. Uh, let me see here. Let me pull out some of these old resolutions and take a look. Oh, yeah. Exercise. Mm-hmm. Looks like you kept up with that one. <laughs> hey, stop being such an ass. This is a new year and I can do this. Yep. You said that last year. Oh, would you please go away? All right, all right. I'll go back to the archive and make some room. We're going to need it for these new resolutions. Why? Why would you say that? Good grief. All right, all right, all right. Your parents of autistic kids. We never get interrupted. No, we always get interrupted. Um, (laughs) But it's a huge obstacle for us. And it it gets in the way of reaching goals. It does. Let me give you. Okay, we're going to go into COVID, but I have to give you uh, this part. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Got an Oculus for Christmas. I freaking love boxing with the boxing apps with the Oculus. I had to stop. Would you like to know why? Yes. Why? What happened? If I get interrupted while I'm on the Oculus, an Oculus is a a, a VR uh, Mm -hmm. computerized device. device. You see nothing but, you know, what is in front of you. And I'm punching the guy's lights out, right? In this app. If my kid comes up to me, He's going to get punched because oh. I don't see him. Oh God. So oh my I, God. Can't, I can't use the freaking Oculus oh, unless my husband yeah. is sitting in the room yeah. or my son is not here. Right, right. And, and we're gonna, about to go into COVID, but I got it around Christmas time. And guess what? Freaking COVID. So, yeah, yeah. So he's so he ended up home and then you can't be you can't be punching his lights out. I can't be punching my kid. Of course not. I love my kid. So it's these kinds of things that you're like, you're chucking along and you're like, I found the thing. I found the thing. And shit. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do the thing. Oh, let me tell you, we are we're like masters of flexibility. I mean, we have to, you know, that that is something that we just I I feel like if we had a resume for the kind of parenting we do, Mm -hmm. flexibility is like our number one skill set, I would I would think. I would hope. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, But then tell us what the big interruption that's hit all of us in the gut. Oh, geez, Louise. I mean, COVID. Hello. The mother. (laughs) (laughs) The mother load. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's like, oh, now we're all in the same boat of like, hey, you're in school today. No, you're not. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, you have this trip planned. Oh, hell no, you don't. (laughs) I mean, your kid was exposed. Right. Uh, 14 days. And so is the whole family. Thank you very much. Right. 
Yeah. Well, now it's a little, they're a little looser now, right? It's like, yeah. oh, it's just a sniffle positive test. Here's five days. See you back here. I know. Right. But I mean, and that's another interruption is you got to kind of keep up with the stuff. You're like, okay, right. what? Yeah. It's, it is so much. And actually my kid's been homebound for the most part. He's immunocompromised. It puts us in yeah. a different category. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah. also in a self-contained unit with a lot of children who just cannot wear a mask. They can't yeah. wear a mask. And right. you know, of course, yeah. um, and so it puts us in a real sticky situation. Um, he's finally back at school, but we're having to like ease him back into it because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. autism, well, this is a again, big change. Two right. years, no school, basically. Right. Huge routine change. Huge. Absolutely. So, so yeah. um, you know, you're right. Being flexible is, is, is our superpower. And we've had this podcast recording scheduled for how long now? Right. Uh, yeah. How many times do we have to reschedule? <laughs> right. Me? Exactly. This, yeah, for it, this? So uh, um, we have done. An, well, I just let's just give ourselves a pat on the back. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> we have, yeah. We've done an incredible job of just fle- being flexible, rescheduling, yeah. doing what we can. Absolutely. So I know that all the parents have felt a blow with their kids coming home. Every parent. But. When you have an autistic kid, you you don't have the flexibility of saying, oh, I can turn off for a second. You, I don't know about other parents of autistic kids. I know that there's like different, all the autistic kids yeah. are different, but I cannot turn off right. for a minute. I'm constantly right. on guard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's true. I think it's important to say like, you know, of course, our experience is in everybody's experience and yeah. there are different levels of things and whatever. But yeah, I, I, I resonate mm-hmm. with that too, though. Like you're on, you're, you're just, just on, on, you know? So, but there is, yeah. there is a psychological, neurological reason this happens. So tell us, Oceani. Okay. So this is really interesting because it's, can start to feel like it's a lifestyle thing. And you and I, you know, Autumn and I have talked a lot about this in terms of, is this ADHD? Is this our (laughs) lifestyle? Like what's actually going on here where it feels like we are pulled in a million different directions. I mean, is this, sometimes it can just be like modern parenting. I've heard other parents, you know, talk about this where it's like, you cannot, you start something and you cannot finish it. I mean, I have this happen sometimes with dinner. Like, you know, I mean, there are times where I'm like, if the, if the kids are having a a difficult day or my son is, you know, needs me, uh, dinner's not getting made or we have, so we have to pivot. We have to do Mm -hmm. something else, whatever, you know, order out or whatever. Um, But it can also be this like executive functioning thing gets disrupted. So the, you know, the prefrontal cortex is our executive functioning area of the brain. And it's it's like the front area of the brain that moves us from task to task, from thought to thought. It organizes things. It tells us what do I need to do next? Um, This is the thing that gets disrupted when you have ADHD or any difficulty in the executive functioning part of the brain. And it can feel like is it me or is it my lifestyle? Mm. And sometimes it's hard to suss that out. Right. right? I, I would say, I guess what I would say is if anybody's wondering about this, I would say like, was it an issue before your kids came along? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So like, you know, again, not to blame our kids for everything. Oh my God. But, but (laughs) you know, what was this ever, was this present before? Right. Um, now that's not to say it may have been present before, but not at the same, let's say level. Right. Right. Uh, cause of course, you know, having children and like it, it really magnifies Mm -hmm. a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it, it is, it does interrupt these, all these interruptions do affect that part of the brain that moves from thing to thing. When you have a tendency, or let's just say it this way, if your lifestyle or if your life is very stressful, right? You have a lot of stress, right? And you're like, I can't finish anything. I do these things and I I can't get it done or I can't reach my goals. But you're not also assessing your lifestyle and looking at what are these external circumstances that are causing this, it can sometimes feel really demoralizing. And you can start to feel like, what's wrong with me? Going back to that character flaw thing, something is wrong with me. Yeah. Right. And I would say, I mean, and I work with this, you know, with clients too, like, let's look at the whole of you and your, you know, lifestyle and um, your mindset and mentality And, but also your external circumstances, we have to take that into account. You know, if I'm seeing a therapist and they don't know the first thing about having a child with special needs or, um, sorry, I keep getting phone calls, but I think they're spam. Anyway, um, (laughs) I'm going to keep that in there because you just got an interruption. I I know exactly. (laughs) See, see what I'm saying? And then I'm like, okay, what was I talking about? So I, exactly. <laughs> right. So there you go. Um, but no, I do look over because if, unless it's the school, you know, if it's the school, then, you know, all bets I, are off. I, We're in podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But anyway, so yeah. So if I'm seeing a therapist and they don't understand or they don't really get what it's like to raise a child with special needs or, you know, um, autism or anything like that, like, I, I feel like that's going to be missing from our work together. Um, now I know I can, I, I, I can do my part and educate and, and all of that. But, you know, when you're going to see your, your therapist, you, you kind of want them to already have some background information sure. on this. Um, so they get like, yeah, it's really hard when you're trying to do anything for yourself and you feel like it can't, you can't get it done mm-hmm. or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know this, I, I, this is something I struggle with. My husband really, it started hitting him about three or four months ago. He was like, I can't finish a damn thing. And Mm. it, it it was like this realization that hit him. Now there's part of this that he and I both are neurodivergent. So it, it, yeah, it's not all just being a parent of an autistic kid. But it did hit him. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes it's not our kid interrupting us. Sometimes it's ourselves interrupting us. So absolutely. That's where we kind of have to look at, you know, what's what. Yeah. Right. And it could be it could be all of it. Right. Could be a combo. Yeah. 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 As as you like to say, a shit storm. (laughs) (laughs) That's I mean, that makes it sound so negative. I know we should change our mindset around this. True, true. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll do another, we will do another podcast addressing sure. that. Sure. Um, okay. So okay. He, tools. So, so, so we're not even talking about yeah. big goals here. We're not talking about the Boston marathon or my personal mm-hmm. like lifelong dream is to be like black widow kick butt girl. 
Like, Ooh, cool. yeah, that's kind of yeah. where I want right. to be. But anyway, that's not for this year. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I simple stuff that's not so simple. The simple stuff like sleep. But basic need. We're talking about basic needs here, right? Basic like stuff. sleep. Yeah. Sleep. You know, grabbing the banana instead of the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Or which candy. hey, you know what I'm gonna tell I you? Know. I, I, know. I always get on to autumn about this. If you want the chocolate, you're gonna eat the And I do chocolate. eat the chocolate. <laughs> I have a stash that nobody and enjoy if it. somebody oh, touches my relish every moment. You better not touch yep. my stash. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, you gotta have your own yeah, stash. You know, yeah. Even eating a little healthier and you know, sure, uh, sure. You know, maybe go and get in that hot tub with the Epsom salts, girl, mm-hmm. boys, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Some basic. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Take care of your stuff. Basically, to reset yeah. yourself. Yeah. Because I'm right. gonna, from my own personal experience, when I am interrupted, 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 I'm just like, oh, I, I give up. I give up. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. when I get to mm-hmm. that, I know. I need a hot bath. I need, yeah. I need, so, I need to close my eyes for 20 minutes. I need to breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your body will tell you what you need. Okay. So let your body do the talking and get a reset. And there was another thing that you were talking about as far as a tool when it comes to helping ourselves with interruptions. Yeah. We were talking about like one of the ways, and I think a lot of, um, parents of autistic kids have hard time with this, but it's about asking for help. And I, I know, I know, I know it's hard. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard for Mm -hmm. me too, but if you don't take the time to take care of yourself, things will fall apart. It's just how it is. That's scientific research. I don't care what you want to call it. Anecdotal, you know, this, you all know this, right? So it is about getting better at asking for help. And I, you know, I do this with my husband, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and you can try to do this with your other people that can help you. Sometimes you'd be surprised at who is willing to help, Oh, you know, but I, I, I do. I reach out. I ask for the help. I say, I need, listen, I need just 20 minutes. I need to reset especially if, you know, I've been alone with the kids all day or something like that. It's like, I'm at my limit. I need help. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've gotten better at doing that with each other. I will say we're both pretty bad at it. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. We wait till it's too late Mm -hmm. sometimes, or we don't recognize when it's escalating Mm -hmm. and, but we have gotten better. And when we do it, when it's a simmer, rather than a boil over it. Oh, it is so much better. It like, doesn't even, it doesn't escalate into Mm -hmm. anything. It's just like, Oh, that's all, that's all you Mm -hmm. need. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would say that's definitely a tool to enhance. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, here's a little thing that I've been using and I want to apologize to our listeners, but I didn't like do like the super duper research on this. I'm going to give you the autumn does this research on this. So if you okay. want to learn more about okay. it, you can go and Google it. But honestly, I haven't. I'll take it. I'm curious. I, go ahead. I love, I'd love I to haven't had the uh, I haven't had the spoons to do the research, but it's called the idea of it is it's the Pomodoro technique. P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. What yeah. this is, it's about taking a certain amount of time, short periods of time and saying, for this period of time, I am going to do X. Mm. 
Now, okay. I think that if you want to like really get rigid about it, you're supposed to take a, like a three or four minute break and then jump right back into your next one. It doesn't work for me. What mm. I do is I'll set, I have about 15 to 20 minute window that I know between this action and that action or my child coming in and needing, you know, X, Y, Z. I have about 15 minutes before it happens again. Okay. So I set a clock timer on either my watch or my phone. And for 15 minutes, I will do X activity, whatever that is. Mm. And when that timer goes off, I stop doing it, whether I am Mm. finished or not. I don't Mm. know if that's correct, but that's how I do it. And then um, I take a few minutes, check in, make sure everything is going all right with my son or with my husband or whatever, as long as that time is. And I set the timer again. And I start back on the task. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I don't, sorry. I cut That's you off. okay. I get so much shit done doing that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the thing, like whether it's wrong or right, quote unquote, wrong or right, if it works for you, I mean, that's the thing with all these tools that we're talking yeah. about, right? It's about like what works for you yeah. and picking and choosing. You, there's no like, you have to do it this way. Yeah, or taking a tool and twisting it on his head like I have with this. Right. Yeah. 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 We are all, I mean, we are all different and unique and, you know, I mean, we have some similarities in how our brain works Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, but you know, not everything works for everybody. Actually, this reminds me of phase blocking, which I think was from that same podcast, the Huberman lab podcast, uh, where we are, um, doing things based on our circadian rhythms. And so we kind of block out, um, different activities for different parts of the day. So what he talks about with phase blocking is doing things that might feel or be the hardest for you um, in the first hours of after waking, like the zero to eight hours after waking. Mm -hmm. So things like exercise like that for for me, it'd be like moving my body, Mm -hmm. um, doing things that are going to like Also, you know, if you're trying to get better sleep at night, you actually, it's better to get out earlier in the day and get some sunlight, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're going to be doing things that are going to be leveraging your, your, the circadian rhythm and where you have the most energy. Mm -hmm. So harder tasks in the first part of the day. And then the, and, and, you know, and again, I think it really depends on what that means for you, right? Like what does the harder task look like? Because for some people, it's going to be different than for others, you know? So, um, so nine to 14 hours after waking, that's when you do some of the more gentle practices like meditation. Uh, you start dimming your lights, you do your hot baths, you, um, maybe, you know, and he even mentioned something like learning new music or language, Uh and you definitely want to avoid caffeine during this time of the day. Now, again, I know people who have a cup of coffee at 6 PM and they have no problem going to sleep. Okay. If you're one of those, hallelujah. Yeah. Great. But, um, this is very in general. Yeah. It's for the most part. Right. Um, and then the, the next phase would be the next 16 to 24 hours after waking. So you're basically sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's your mm-hmm. sleep time. And so you want to sleep with little to no light. You are in a room that's a little cooler mm-hmm. and 
our brains rewire when we're sleeping, right? It like processes and sort of synthesizes what we've been through that Mm -hmm. day and, you know, in our life and that kind of thing. And so, uh, you, you need that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, if you're like, you know, a night owl or if you're like, well, that's not true for me. I do all my best work at night. Great. We're not saying, oh, you have to do it this way. This is just some research that's that's been done about how to kind of leverage the different phases of the day Mm -hmm. and when to do those things and see if that helps you. I've been trying it. It seems like it's easier for me to get those things done during the day. But look, there are times when, you know, if my kids are taken care of at like three thirty, four, five p.m. in the afternoon and I get, can get a 20 minute workout in, I'm doing that. And that's fine. It doesn't bother my my sleep. It doesn't, you know, and it's like in the, you know, quote unquote wrong phase of the day, but whatever we do what yeah. we can. Yeah. But it's really good information. And I think another thing too, is just kind of paying attention to yourself is very helpful. Mm-hmm. That's been a helpful thing for me is paying attention to, okay, when, am, yeah. when am I going to get tired? And I can tell you when I get tired, uh-huh. two o'clock, between two oh, and yeah. three o'clock, yeah. I start, you know, having that kind of a dip in my day. And, mm-hmm. um, and the only yeah. reason I know that is because I started paying attention and I was like, okay, between two and three o'clock. Now I do uh, have a cup of coffee at two o'clock. So, uh-huh. you know, it's because of that. What, you know what, again, I'm, if it doesn't disrupt your no, sleep, it doesn't. Then, <laughs> then I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with it. No. Okay, if it ain't broke, I'll I fix it. Bro- I ain't fixing um, it. All right. So yeah, yeah. That right. I think that was your kind of the last tool is really to realize what your needs mm-hmm. are. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Okay, I am not letting that STD ruin my hopes and dreams and commitments. Okay, number two, journal and meditate daily. Yeah, you're not going to do that. Yes, I will. Oh, you will for about three days and maybe a week. But after that, you'll fall back into your comfortable habits. I think I'm going to give it about a week. Oh, my God. You are such an asshole. Hey, I'm just telling the truth. Come on, tell, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, you're, you're not wrong, but it would be real nice if you said something inspiring for a change. Okay, let me think. Um, you're good at making goals, but not so much good at keeping them. Does everything you say have to be laced with something bad? You really are horrid. <laughs> I love those skits. That's yep. so fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I have so much fun. So fun. That's my. That's so. That's fun. like one of my favorite Replay. things to do is write those skits. They crack me up and it makes me laugh. Well, you know what? And it's like we 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 play together. We like to. Play I know together. it is our so play. That's, that's that. It Aww. is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you go. Okay. So. We talked about spoon theory in our fuck it bucket episode from season one, but I think it's really important that we recap that here because it does have a lot to do with us being able to meet our goals. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so it's the spoon theory is basically the amount of mental, emotional, and physical energy you have in the day. Right. So it's not just physical energy, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, so let's say uh, you have a daily goal to walk in the morning. So that would be a spoon. Mm-hmm. But if your interruption happens, like a child, your child 
wakes earlier than you expected or you're sick or, uh, you know, or there's a meltdown or et cetera, whatever might happen. Um, and like, let's say there's no caretaker Mm -hmm. around, uh, and let's say other things start to happen Mm -hmm. that, you know, your day sort of continues to spiral. There just may not be enough spoons left for you to take that walk, you know, because we, we know, um, as parents of autistic children, we, we can't just take a walk. We can't, you know, it's like, there's a hundred things to do on the list before we even walk out the door. So it may be a huge spoon. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's a big obstacle for pretty much every parent of an autistic child that I know is, is this right here is having, you know, you want things for yourself, but having the, the mental and the physical and the emotional spoons to make that happen for yourself it's tough. There's a lot going on. And, you know, we love our kids and we're going to give them the best of us. Come on. You know, yeah. we are. Well, I think, right. And so when we talk about like what happens in the brain when we just don't have any more left in us, well, a lot of times what it can feel like is that something's wrong, mm-hmm. you know, that when we're at that sort of like stress burnout cycle, that we just start to feel like, Oh God, like, you know, there's a little bit more of the negativity comes in. Right. And I, I, and I don't mean like, Oh, we, then we need to stay positive. Like, no, just hear me out. So, you know, one of the, one of the tools for this actually is again, self-compassion, you know, we draw a lot on self-compassion, like, wow, you know, this is what it is today. Mm -hmm. It's hard. You know, and, 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 you know, one of the, one of the solutions might be as simple as I get to start over tomorrow. Right. Yeah. 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 That's great. Letting go of that is, is really, really helpful. And I know that, um, you know, we're, we're not just doing this podcast. We're actually friends. And, um, you know, when I'm having a hard day or when you're having a hard day, uh, and we reach out, I, I know Mm -hmm. from my end of it, you're like, oh, that's really hard. Like that clicks in my brain. Shit, that is, <laughs> yeah. God, this is hard. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And so, and I try to yeah. do the same for you, you know, crap, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yep. damn girl. You do. It's hard. Yeah. Right. So right. sometimes it's easier to hear it from somebody yes. else outside of yourself. Yes. If you just can't, if you can't give it to yourself, which, which, you know, I get it. It's hard to it, do. It's it hard, especially when we're in a spiral or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. So reaching out is also a wonderful Well, you tool. put your blinders on and you can't see anything except for the darkness and having somebody mm-hmm. else say, Hey, it's hard. It's like somebody taking the blinders off and going, Oh my God. Yeah. This is yeah. not you. Yeah. This is just hard. Okay. I'm right. rambling. We've got to go to the next one. Okay. The last topic is motivation. So I see this as, is this goal something you really want? Is it powerful enough to get you through the other four excuses or reasons we don't reach our goals? Right. Exactly. So there does have to be a driving force behind the goal. Yeah. Right. I'll give you a, for instance, I know we talk about a lot about us doing the podcast on the podcast, but it's very important for us. And the Mm -hmm. driving force is we want to help parents of autistic children. 
and help them feel validated in part of a community. Because for me, yep. early on, man, I felt so alone. And it was, mm-hmm. I, I, I will tell the story at some point when I'm comfortable with it, but I'm not there yet. But I'm going to tell you, it was destructive to my mental health. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a very similar experience. I had this very similar experience. I don't yeah. want anybody to feel like that. I, mm. I, I, I want people to know they're not alone. So that is a major driving force that is more mm. powerful than the other four goals or the other four reasons that we've talked about. It pushes me through all of that and conquering the major milestones and being okay with rescheduling my why, if you want to be like all woo woo about it, my why for doing this and accomplishing the goal is more powerful than the, the problems that I run into. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, same here. Like the, we got over the obstacles because the why was it's that important. Yeah. I think also doing this together, yeah. right? We had each other. Right. I think that is so helpful. Yeah. And when you're doing it with someone, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, community. We don't have that in the tools, but yeah. Community. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast. Community is so important. Oh, right. But when you yeah. have the person to share, sharing the passion, say, you know, I know we have a friend that does the Make-A-Wish Trailblaze. And that's like, mm-hmm, what, 26, mm-hmm, yeah. 27 miles high, uh, running in the woods or yeah, hiking in the woods? Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Right. Like- She's, she can do the Boston <laughs> Marathon goal. <laughs> Lord, she is, she's got it going on. But she's got a community. They're passionate yeah. oh, about yeah. that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, yeah, that's, we're not talking accountability partners. Please note, we are not talking about accountability partners. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no. It, this it's like sharing a vision. Right. Uh the and and again, I think there is power in in having that community. Mm-hmm. It, you feel less isolated, yeah. right? Less alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. Um yeah, so you know, again, this if you want to know about what happens brain chemical wise, it goes back to dopamine. Dopamine is the motivator, mm-hmm. is the motivating neuromodulator, I guess they call it. It's uh, it's that chemical mm-hmm. that moves you to do it. But look, we have to look at the, there's a cognitive process here too. We're not only chemicals. We are thoughts sure. also, yeah. right? So I do think that when your why is powerful enough, uh, it will move you to figure out the obstacles. And then you use all those other tools we mentioned, sure. right? Breaking down the goals, uh, learning mm. the tasks, learning the skill set that you need. I mean, think about all that, you know, we, I know we seem so professional now, but Autumn and I had to <laughs> learn. We had a major learning curve around all the technology to set this podcast up. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, and we're still learning yeah. really. So well, there was know. a million times um, we could have thrown in the towel. I know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we, we also have, you know, where we have, we have a similar vision. Mm-hmm. And so that really helped us to keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Yeah, trying. I'm, I'm trying real hard not to like toot toot our little horn here, but it, it's not that so much as it's just we are a an example of how you can win. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. our yeah. listeners, 
you can do this, whatever that thing is, whatever it is, it's just a matter of, is it powerful enough to Mack truck uh, through all these excuses and reasons? Is it powerful enough? And if it is, then you can do it. Right. All right. right. Let's find out what's happening with the STD. (laughs) (laughs) You are right. I didn't keep my resolutions. Told you. Why? Why can't I stick with this? Why are you asking me? I don't know. You do realize that my voice is really your voice. So maybe you could change this inner dialogue. Because let me tell you. These emotions living up here with me in your brain, they love it when I'm a jerk. Listen, they are my biggest fans. Hmm, that's an interesting concept. You know, it was that Southern accent that threw me off. (laughs) Must be living in the South so long. Anyway, very interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. But you do know that I am you. What you tell me to tell you is what I tell you. That's how this works. Holy shit. You're right. Okay. My resolution this year is to change my inner dialogue, change my mindset. Man, this one's going to be real hard because I truly despise you. Well, maybe if you stop hating me so much and treat me a little better and maybe be a little kinder, we could be friends. I guess if I really want to grow as a person, we will have to work together. I'll give it a shot. Okay. Goal number one, treat myself with kindness. Hey, can we try to keep this one out of the archive this year? Okay. You want a hug? Really? You want to hug me? I'd love that. Okay, so for our recap, we are talking today about how do we keep our resolutions and at the same time keeping our shit together um, and some of the reasons, excuses, however you want to say it for us not doing that is number one, we set our goals too high, our goals and our expectations too high. Uh, number two, uh, lack of confidence or competence. Number three, uh, interruptions. Uh, what? What? What was that? <laughs> Stop it. Number four is uh, mental load, uh, which is spoon theory. And number five is motivation. All right. So what are our tools for goals too high, Shani? Yeah. So this was about uh, setting your goals just past your ability, Mm. right? Not too easy, not too hard, right? We're not running the Boston Marathon here, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Um, Then we also talked about, I liked your mom rule of five, you know, so that you can think about whether whether that might work for Mm -hmm. you. Uh, And then we talked about visualizing the failure and obstacles and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And how, how to do visualization so it works yeah, for you. So you're avoiding pain. Um, right. Yeah, that, one's, that does work. Did for us. So uh, the second one is confidence um, and, yeah. and how to deal with, um, you know, I always give up. I'm never going to do it. 
So the number one thing to do is just to be kind to yourself and realize that learning a new skill is hard and there's nothing wrong with your yeah. character just because it's hard and you've, you've not accomplished goals. Uh, right. Remember a ton of other people have done the same thing. Um, you are listening yeah. to two people on this podcast who have done that. That's right. Um, oh, and if you want a resource for self-compassion, if you want to do a little bit more uh, digging, Kristen, Kristen Neff. Neff. Gotta love her. Yeah. Um, is, is a good yeah, one. She's great. Yeah. And then, um, of course, Insight Timer. They have um, self-compassion meditations right. on there. They do have meditations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And failing doesn't mean you're a failure. Yeah, I only need to right. get it right about 50% of the time. And hey, we're okay with 10. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. All right. And so what's number three? So we are at interruptions. Yes. What? Interruptions? Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, for this, we're talking about really, if, if you need to reset, you go to your basic needs first, Yeah, right? Make those the priority, sleeping, eating, uh, some self-care, like taking a bath, taking a break, those kinds of things, asking for help, yes. whether from your partner, a friend, a, a, another caretaker, pay, you know, paying somebody, oh, mm -hmm. I know painful, but yeah. you know, sometimes you have to, you do. um, the other, um, we, we talked about, uh, Autumn talked about the Pomodoro, Pomodoro, Pomodoro. <laughs> I can't say <laughs> I don't it. know how to say I it, can't but say it. <laughs> technique, right? Yeah. And um, we also talked about phase blocking, mm -hmm. right? You're going with your circadian rhythms and using that as a guide to figure out what to do when. Um, yeah. Uh, and again, recognizing what your actual needs yeah. are. Absolutely. And so the fourth thing that we talked about was mental load and spoon theory. And one tool for this is to go back and listen to our fuck it bucket episode. Um, there's a lot of good yeah. information in, uh, in that podcast, but, uh, and it was a more, it was a popular it podcast, was, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I really struggled with cussing during the podcast, but then when I saw, how many people listen to that? Because there was a cuss word in it. I was like, we're putting a cuss word in every single one of our topics oh, from now oh, on. Oh, you love it. We, I mean, you all love it, which is fantastic because <laughs> we love it too. We love it too. It's so freeing. It's one it? of my tools, actually. It's a yeah. tool in my <laughs> There you go. Uh, but right. no, talking about mental load, it's, it's, it goes back to that self-kindness. Kristen Neff is great. To, to mm -hmm. She's a major tool that um, we use often. And also, um, I hate to like quote a Disney movie, but let it go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And let what that day has been, let it be and sleep and start over again tomorrow. And we can sing an yes. Annie song here. I love you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, exactly. But no, we won't. We no, won't. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. So number five. Motivation. Number five is motivation. So, um, yes, we want to find that why behind your goal, your resolution, your, you know, is it powerful enough? And again, it goes back to all the things that we talked about, mm -hmm. right? Um, being able to work through the difficulty and the barriers and the obstacles to, um, to, uh, 
to attaining mm-hmm. the goal, yeah. right? And having a community is also very, mm-hmm. can be very helpful. Yep. And I want to plug again, our Thrive Underwater community on Facebook. Yeah. And honestly, our community is, um, it's kind of morphed into this go there to laugh thing. Yeah. And, so, and, and support each yeah. other, right? And kind of be like, yeah, we get it. You know, yeah. sometimes this thing is shit. Yeah. And so we got to laugh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we talk a lot about housework yeah. in there and how we don't do laundry and dishes. Have you noticed right. that? <laughs> There's a whole lot of that in there. But yes. No, it's fun. It's, it's so there, fun. It's there yeah. to let you know you're not alone. That's that's basically exactly. it. And and we love to have you yeah. be part of that. All right. Season two, yeah. episode one. We're Woo! we're done, right? I mean, this is it. Yeah. I'm so proud. I hope this I hope Me this too. podcast helps you. And um yeah. as always, you can go to www.thriveunderwater.com to find out more. And if you want to give us some ideas for an episode or uh, tell us a story, yeah. um, right. any any kind of information you want to give to us, you can do that at um, thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, at thriveunderwater.com. Yeah, we absolutely. Love it. We would love to hear love from it. you. All right. Thanks. All right. See you on Bye. the flip side. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if all this is too much to remember because you're busy treading water, check out our website at www.thriveunderwater.com. We have links to our shows, social media, blogs, resources. You can sign up for our newsletter and support our podcast. Thanks again and keep on thriving. Keep on thriving.